Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Did you know the devil makes work of idle hands? He gets you to do loads of online surveys for supermarkets you've never heard of. So hey, don't fill out online surveys for supermarkets for the devil. Head over to the Facebook group instead and join in on our drawing competition. Right now we are asking people to draw their interpretation of Kez, our managing editor slash cosmic butcher slash Scottish hawk. So get your drawings in by April the 12th and the winning piece will receive a signed print copy of our upcoming book, The Best of the Other Stories, Volume 1, due out later this year. To join in, head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver. Hit the announcements button and do it quick because my hands are idle. Must not click survey. Anyway, uh, today's episode of The Other Stories is The Language of Flowers, written by Kathleen Allen and narrated by Erica Ventura. Lisi Grant knew her day was going to get worse when the receptionist winked at her on her way into the building. Sure enough, the door of her office was open, and there, sitting in the middle of her desk, and leaving condensation on important papers, was a vase. It was clear glass, modern, and sitting inside it was a cluster of flowers so colorful it hurt her eyes. 
<sighs> she sighed and took off her coat. She moved the vase to the very edge of her desk, pulling soggy papers from the base as she did so. Then she spent the rest of the morning trying to avoid looking at it. It was difficult. Her co-workers were always especially chatty on flower days, taking any flimsy pretense as an excuse to knock on her door, or pause outside as they walked out for lunch, or to lean too casually on her doorframe as they walked by. Nice flowers, said Helga, when she came in to bring her a cookie from the break room. Very colorful, aren't they? Lisi took the cookie gratefully. It's hideous, isn't it? She asked. I wouldn't say hideous, Helga said, chewing on her own treat. It's not very aesthetic, though. It's actually a little, I don't know, jarring. You could call the florist and tell them to get their eyes checked. I should, Lacey agreed. She looked for a card. She hadn't bothered earlier, not wanting to see whatever apologies Emily had come up with this time. But it really was a peculiar arrangement. Maybe her ex had tried a different florist, thinking that might do the trick this time. She was wrong, of course. Huh, she said. There's no card. Helga looked disappointed. No doubt she'd expected some new development in the ongoing saga of the valiant but untimely fruitless attempts for Emily to win her back, and would now have to go back to her desk without any new gossip. You could talk to Ryan, she suggested. Lisi frowned at her. Why Ryan? He's a flower guy, Helga shrugged. Maybe his girlfriend gets mad at him a lot, or he's a gardener or something. But he knows flowers. I can't just go ask him, Lisi said. But Helga was already leaning out into the hallway, flagging down a passing co-worker. Hey, go get Ryan. Tell him he's in trouble. <sighs> Lisi sighed and Helga pretended not to notice. Ryan was swiftly produced, looking worried. He looked between Lisi and Helga nervously. You're not in trouble, Lisi said. Do your flower thing, Helga told him. Lisi got more flowers from her ex and doesn't know where they're from. My flower thing? He looked relieved and amused. You know, Helga said, how you did it with the picture of my bridesmaid's bouquet. Ryan looked over and Lisi waved a hand at the flowers. Lisi thought this was all ridiculous and was a hair away from snapping at everyone to get out of her office and go back to work. When Ryan's amused look turned into a puckered frown. What's wrong? She asked. They're not poisonous, are they? The windows this high didn't open, so she couldn't chuck the whole thing outside. A design flaw now that she thought of it. Ryan shook his head, still looking at the flowers. They're not poisonous, he said absently. There are only a few poisonous flowers, and you'd smell them right away. Belladonna's in the tomato family. And have you ever been around a tomato plant? They stink. And they can't kill you by breathing them in. You have to ingest them. 
Helga and Lisi traded quick smiles. Lisi didn't know a tomato plant from a corn stalk, and she figured that Helga's agricultural experience was much the same. They were both city girls to the quick. So, aside from tastelessness, she said, what's the deal? Ryan was quiet for a moment, still studying the flowers. Then he looked up. Have you ever heard of the language of flowers? He asked. Both women shook their heads. You know that certain flowers mean things, though? He pressed. Red roses are for lovers, but white roses are for innocence, that kind of thing. But that's just symbolism, Lacey said, not an actual language. In some respects, he said. But in Victorian times, people would send each other messages with flowers. It could be as simple as where you pin a flower or choosing a specific color to reject a suitor rather than accepting him. But sometimes the messages could get very complex. When you mix flowers, for example, or use a certain number of blooms. You could even use flowers as metaphor, like using dogwood when you're giving a message about a dog or a scoundrel. He reached out and touched one of the blooms with the back of his finger. A caress. Stems and leaves and thorns. They all have their secret messages. He looked at her. This one says, Warning and beware and revenge. What did you do to your ex? Lisi glared at him, the anger tempered by the chill that his words brought. I didn't do anything, she said, going for defiance and coming out as a small, tired mutter. Ryan shrugged, like it didn't matter to him. He shifted from foot to foot and eyed the door. Trick performed, Lisi thought bitterly. Now he was looking for escape. Go on back to work, she told them both. Thank you, Ryan. He shrugged and went to follow Helga out of the office. Helga's eyes were shining. She had plenty of new office gossip to share now. Damn it, Emily, Lacey said quietly. Ryan paused at the door, looked back with one eyebrow raised. Emily? he asked. My ex, Lacey said. Of course, Ryan said. He gave her a small, awkward nod and then retreated from the room. That afternoon was wasted. She tried to focus on work, but inevitably her gaze would return to the flowers. The garish combinations of red and purple and yellow, the pale slender leaves and the fat broad leaves, the shades of green. She stared into the bouquet trying to decipher the message that had been written for her in beauty. Warning, Ryan said, beware, revenge. She shivered. Emily had been trying to win her back, not scare her off. Maybe she didn't know. Maybe Ryan was wrong, and the flowers meant something else entirely. Sorry, and I was drunk, and she meant nothing. The rest of her afternoon was spent in rabbit holes, cross-referencing flower shape, color, and description with those found in digital copies of books from the 1800s. It was made more difficult by the flowers themselves, 
many of which she'd never seen before. She found academic articles and digital subscriptions, and after trying and failing to remember the password to her ancient student email account, she searched further afield, finding fiction, casual forum topics, gardening blogs. She didn't realize how deeply she was involved until Jameson, the senior partner, passed by her office on his way home. Burning the midnight oil, eh, Grant? He said merrily. Don't work too hard. Bastard. He would cheerfully watch her work herself to death for another 1.5% on returns. Beautiful flowers, by the way. See you tomorrow. Then, with a lazy salute, he was gone. And Lisi finally registered the stillness in the office for what it was. Evening. The end of the workday. Everyone had gone home, and she was alone. <sighs> Lisi leaned back in her office chair and stared at the flowers. Did she understand their message any more than she did this morning? She thought she'd identified maybe one of the flowers as a geranium, which supposedly kept away snakes. She was almost convinced that there wasn't a hidden message at all, just the deluded imaginings of a mad florist. She had a thought, a germ of an idea of how to get to the bottom of it, but she didn't want to. The thought of it made her skin crawl. But Lisi pulled out her phone and scrolled down to Emily's name and her contacts. She opened a new text message, typed out a quick, casual, I got the flowers. Her thumb hovered over the send button. Then she erased it. Emily didn't do casual. She wouldn't see a message as an invitation into conversing about the finer aspects of Victorian flower language. She would see it as forgiveness, and Lacey didn't want to go there. Not now, and maybe not ever. For a moment, alone in her office, and with the distant sounds of the building janitor vacuuming, Lacey allowed herself to fall apart. She put her head in her hands and felt her shoulders shake with the effort of holding back sobs. There was a soft, almost inaudible knock on her door. Lisi shot upright, looking at the intruder with red, dry eyes. It was Ryan. He looked just as awkward as he had earlier that day. His hands were in his pockets and he shuffled his feet, like a boy who desperately wanted to be doing something else. What are you doing here? Lisi asked. Ryan gave her a small smile. There for only a moment, before the sheepish smile was back in his face. I wasn't entirely honest with you before, he said, about the flowers. Lisey's first reaction was relief. He'd hyped it up, maybe wanted to scare her a little bit. She grinned at him. Don't worry about it, she said. Ryan came into her office, then he closed the door behind him. At that, Lisi became instantly alert. The building was empty, as far as she knew. Everyone had already gone home. There was no reason to close the door. Even if he wanted to come on to her, he didn't have to close the door to do it. But he looked harmless, really. He looked embarrassed and uncomfortable. 
His hands were buried in the kangaroo pocket of a gray hoodie that he always wore when he came in in the morning. They moved, like he was wringing them without her being able to see. Was there... something else? She asked slowly, carefully. Yeah, Ryan said. I wanted to tell you about the flowers. But why did you have to close the door, she wanted to ask him. Open it and then walk through it and then leave me alone, she wanted to demand. But she stayed silent. After all, hadn't she been trying to pry out the secret of the flowers herself all day? Didn't she want to know what their message was? Tell me, she said. Ryan smiled again, that quick, furtive smile that made him look like he was getting away with something. He came closer to her desk. He smelled, Lisey realized. Not a bad smell, necessarily, but something deep, strong, like earth. He likes to work in his garden, she thought. She tried to ignore the way her heart was beating, the insistent thump beneath her skin. She leaned away from him, expecting him to take one of the chairs on the other side of her desk. Instead, he sat down on the desk itself, facing her, and picked up the vase with both of his large hands. The scarlet geranium stands for stupidity, he said. His voice was suddenly harsh, contrasting with the gentle way he handled the vase. Monk's hood is poisonous, you cow, and means that a deadly foe is near. The yellow carnation, he sighed, and touched it lightly with one fingertip. Rejection. And the gum rock rose? My favorite. He grinned at her. I shall die tomorrow. They weren't from Emily, Lacey said. I never rejected her. They were from you! Ryan lunged, and the scream that was building in Lisey's throat was cut short by his powerful hands. The janitor, whistling, smiled as he passed by the closed office door. From the other side came the smell, bright and saccharine, of fresh flowers. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Story. The Language of Flowers was written by Kathleen Allen, narrated by Erica Ventura, edited by Carl Hughes, music by Andrew K.N. and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Go and follow Kathleen Allen on Twitter at at catallen089. Erica Ventura is a mother, narrator, visual artist, and animal husbandry technician. How does she manage it all? No idea, but her artwork can be seen on Instagram at at E-F-V-E-N-T-U. Or you can visit her artist page, facebook.com forward slash bioartsy. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help support the show over at patreon.com forward slash hawkandcleaver. We are like two patrons from 100, and I can't believe we're so close to that number. It's amazing. You can join our book club and movie club and cares drawing competition over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver t-shirts and mugs and posters and comic books are available at gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver the other stories is a production of the story studio hawk and cleaver and is brought to you by creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license that means don't change it 
don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.